You're listening to the Underdog Sports NFL Show with host Chris Horwadell and Mario Hines. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Underdog NFL Show. Chris Horwadell joined by Mario Hines. Mario, how are you my friend? I'm doing pretty good, man. Holidays are on the corner, so that's in the air. Wait, wait, one second, Chris. I have to leave. I got to go drop a number two, and I'll be back right at the end of the show to save the day. (laughs) I don't know what's going on right now. Are we being serious? No, we're not being serious, but (laughs) I had to pay pay homage to my friend Lamar Jackson. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Like, I legitimately had no idea what you're talking about. You should act. I I, I totally, I was sold by by your read there. I like, well, now now I'm I'm all the way committing to, to my acting career. As you should. One foot in is not the way to go. <laughs> oh, man, we have so much to talk about this week. Uh, we're going to get all of the lines for every game. Week 15, I've got Bavada Sportsbook open in front of me. But before we get to that, uh, yeah, that was that was something. That was, that was something he does. Okay, let, let's talk about what happened on Monday Night Football. Because this was, I don't know, game of the year, I would say. I think it's it's mm-hmm. probably pretty fair to say that. Though I, I will add that the outcome was not exactly the one that this household was hoping for and ended in nothing short of a 55-mile-each-way impromptu drive for uh, my significant other to clear her head. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, a, it was an interesting night. We, we, we drove over 100 miles. but um, And my Jeep does not get good gas mileage. But regardless of that, Oh, let's let's talk Lamar Jackson first. There's a a lot of talk that he had a poop. There is um, there's been some questions about whether he Paul pierced himself. Uh, Paul Pierce famously had a little accident during a game one time, uh, pretended to be injured, and uh, and they had a wheelchair come out to take him back to the locker room so that they didn't see the the presumable brown stain on the back of his white shorts. Uh, do you? Okay, do you think it was do you think it was a number 2 incident or do you believe that it was a a cramping incident related to uh to poten- potentially related to his coronavirus diagnosis? Uh I think actually like it a 45 minute like poop and then right, like, right? exchange is just a lot to believe. It's it's hilarious and yeah. I, I I love to run with it, but there had to be some type of uh you know cramping or Mal- like so- some bodily like really malfunction where you're like this isn't serious but i can't i don't feel great and we mm. gotta figure we gotta just gotta figure this out and then there's just all of that going on yeah it would be super weird if lamar was back there just like browsing twitter uh on the <laughs> toilet during a monday night football game that that feels like that probably didn't happen then all of a sudden he realized oh god i've been in here for 35 minutes so i should probably hustle back out to the game uh to throw a, a, a last-second touchdown pass to win this thing. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think it was almost certainly cramping. And uh, I guess this is the first, uh, well, um, the the first semi-confirmed uh, byproduct of one of, the, one of these athletes having coronavirus. Obviously, we had a much more significant one that may or may not be related to coronavirus with Keontae Johnson from uh, the University of Florida. Mm-hmm. who collapsed on the court this past weekend. Um, we don't know if that was secondary myocarditis caused by coronavirus or if it was a pre-existing heart condition or if it was even a heart condition or what the deal was. 
they're being very, very tight lipped with uh, with what's going on there. And as as they have every right to be as he, you know, he heals and, uh, you know, prayers uh, up for Keontae. But this game, uh, it was spectacular, man. It, it was really spectacular. And what did you take away from it? What what was your big takeaway from this game? Because I, I have a lot of thoughts. I'm interested to get yours first. Yeah, biggest takeaway is the elevation of the Browns. Mm-hmm. And despite the loss, I think the the elevation of, of what this team is, who their weapons are, uh, how they want to play football um, down in, down out, and also just the belief. I think it's it's reached that horizon and they've crossed over it. Uh, this is a loss that between two good teams. Mm-hmm. And I think both teams believe that. And it's not one of those um, squandered uh, wins by the Browns. It was just one of those things. I also want to talk about how the Ravens, as much as 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 much as they are scary to play, uh, they've got to figure out how to make their offense uh, multifaceted yes. because it's starting to become glaringly apparent what happens without Lamar Jackson on his A game. And you can't. Yes, the MVP should be on his A game more than not. But not in the way he 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 has been, uh, in 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 I mean Hollywood Brown for one. Right now he's he's the target in Baltimore, uh, for for the most hated, probably and uh, mm. rightfully so until something else pops up. You've got to get him some weapons. You've got to find different ways to make Lamar uh, successful and use his skill set. And you've got to get more more offensive packages. It's just not it's not something that's sustainable. I agree. It was uh, I think it was. Okay, I do have a lot of thoughts. I will, I'll just say this. In a world where where Justin Tucker is a Brown and Cody Parkey is a Raven, the Browns probably win that game. I also think it's interesting that when they were attempting that the the hook and lateral, the, the pitches at the end of the game with the safety, the safety ended up covering the line and it was a, it was a you know a major loss for Vegas when that happened. So that stuff is always funny. I think I think this was a, a learning experience for the Browns. At least you have to hope it was. There were some some errors in in the coaching staff with two very very new uh, coaches to their current positions. Stefanski's been great all year. I think there's a legitimate case that he's the coach of the year, especially when you consider they've got the Giants, Jets, and and Steelers left, and the Steelers are almost certainly going to be starting Delvin Hodges or somebody like that week 17 because yeah. that's going to be locked up. If if I'm Bavada, I'm setting the over under at you know eleven and a half wins for the Browns right now, and I think twelve is entirely possible, and, and that's pretty crazy. And if Kevin Stefanski gets the Browns to eleven and a half or twelve wins, he gets to be coach of the year. That's just that's just the rule in the NFL. Um, with that said, he wasn't perfect. Th- the drive before the end of the half was a confusing one to me because you're sitting there fourteen fourteen, you have the ball. About, I think they got the ball with like 238 or something left on the clock. Yeah. They run a play, don't call a timeout, which confuses me when they have two left. It seems like you would probably want to save that, save that time, but they didn't. They go to the two minute warning, they come back second down, and they go, they call past three consecutive plays. It, it seems like to me in that situation, you don't want to, I don't want to say you want to accept being tied going into the half, but. It feels like the right move is give the ball to Nick Chubb, give the ball to Kareem Hunt, be it a run or a screen, something where we know we're going to complete it and and have the clock moving, 
And if we happen to break off a bigger play, you know, if we get a first down, if we get 15, we get something like that, all right, we can be more aggressive at that point. But the one thing that can't happen is three passes with two incompletions and giving the ball back to the Ravens with a minute nine left. There's no world where the Ravens should have gotten another possession in the half, especially knowing that they were getting the ball coming out of the half. They obviously do. They go down, they score, and they're up 21-14 at halftime rather than you know, it going in tied 14-14. Uh, that was that was Stefanski's big blunder to me, but you chalk that up to aggressiveness with personnel and believing in personnel and all that. That's fine. He'll learn. He's a really smart guy. Right. I am concerned about Joe Woods, however. Uh, I'm, I'm concerned that Joe Woods was a little propped up by a, an outstanding defense in San Francisco. This is sort of the the uh, the crux you fall into when you hire like a great quarterback coach who's working with Aaron Rodgers for a decade and maybe it's Rodgers that's good and not the quarterback coach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Joe Woods was he was a disaster to me. He, at at no point could the Baltimore Ravens do anything but run with Lamar Jackson and he didn't spy Lamar Jackson. Why was there not a spy on this guy the entire of the game? Why were they playing man coverage rather than sitting in his own and crowding the middle of the field when you know Lamar Jackson doesn't want to go to the boundaries? I just didn't understand Joe Woods at all. And the one play more than any other play that stuck out to me in a like, okay, well, you might have lost the game moment for Joe Woods is on that last drive when Trace McSorley's still in the the first the first series where they get to a third and 10 um, and potentially have them on the verge of a three and out, which may end up being uh, uh, the win for the, for the Browns. They don't blitz Trace McSorley. They just play it straight and they let this guy go through his reads. Why are you not sending two people against a quarterback who was forced into the game in unique circumstances, who doesn't know the game plan, who isn't ready, who hasn't seen the coverages why are you not forcing him to make a split-second throw to win the game? It's it, you make great points, and and it's the thing that that um you feel like, and this is not the answer, but you feel like as a coordinator, if it's not broke, don't fix it because you're in the ball game. That's the yeah. the, the key separating factor that you think that you don't have to change what you're doing because the game isn't out of hand, as opposed to. That we're we're going back and forth, and that the offense is doing a job that we're not living up to. Let's talk about that. Uh, that not <laughs> one not spying uh, Lamar. It's a hard. It's a hard call. It, it, you 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 spy him, and you're already in a, in a mismatch usually. So I get that. Only if only if your scheme you're scheming to to um, either double or one high it mm-hmm. um, out of the man coverage. And, and what we saw is a lot of zero with the complete, you know, c- complete uh, spreading of the field. And, and, and when you have no means or no intention as an offense to, to sit him in the pocket and that you're really just delaying, letting the routes spread yeah. uh, guys away from the field. You're not actually looking for your route combinations to win and then doing that. So that's idiotic. And we've seen that out <laughs> of a few teams. Um, but, not making sure that you blitz and overwhelm the new guy is ridiculous. And it's one of those things where um, it's it's that situational intelligence that makes great coaches great. That, yeah, you make a great point. You've got guys that are playing well for you as opposed to you coaching yeah. uh, extremely well. And, and, and those are those are the moments, the glaring moments. So now if you're Cleveland, you know, 
um, where you need to be focusing on getting to that next level or, or sustaining where you're at is cleaning up this, this the defensive philosophy and, and, and execution. And does it start with the, the coordinator? Yeah. Probably so. Well, and you you mentioned the if it's not broke, don't fix it kind of thing, but they'd already given up 38 points or something like that. It's not like this defense was pitching a shutout. True. By that time, yes. But I mean, by 14-14 and you're thinking that, you know, the game is still close and that the whatever, it's the coach's ego that you spent all this week uh, <laughs> with sure. coming up with the perfect plan. And it's like, oh, we're still in the game. We're fine. You, you hear coaches say that, and I think mm. they're not even talking to the players. We're, we're fine. We're fine. We're still in the game. We're fine. Just echoing that mantra in their heads. And you could see it. You can you can feel the despair. Luckily, you're not losing guys defensively right. um, because they're still playing still playing with a, a high level of energy. Yeah, I, I do think that this is to some degree a house money kind of year for the Browns. I think they're mm-hmm. they're ahead of where we expected them to be. And it's. It was always going to be next year that they could potentially be actual contenders. Because look, this is this is a flawed roster right now through the fault of injuries as much as anything else. But you're missing you're starting two cornerbacks and you're starting free safety in in Denzel Ward, Grady Williams, and Grant Delpit. Your linebacker core is atrocious at best. You know you're getting. Less and less every single year from Larry Ogunjobi as he gets in better and better shape and is less of a defensive tackle, quite frankly. And, you know, it's just they also I can't help but watch that offense. And by the way, Baker is growing into that offense and there's a lot to be excited about. But I can't help but watch that offense, watch eight, nine in the box on every single play and not think, oh, this is a completely different offense if you have just. Just a guy who can just run goes on every route and go beat his man. So that safety has to be, you know, 15 yards back instead of sitting right behind the linebackers up at the line. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. And I know that the insinuation and and there's something to be said about getting to this point with or without the guy. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But getting to this point takes takes time. Can you insert a guy like that and maintain uh, your 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 play call integrity. You would think so, and that's that's the learning. And as far as a quarterback, you you maintain your patience and development of the scheme. But yeah, you you remove one guy, you've got an over the top guy, or just a threat to take it type of guy. You know, mm-hmm. not necessarily over the top, and you've got something that is really hard to beat, play in, play out. Um, if you're consistent, I do want to. You mentioned I do want to to take some time to. Yeah, Baker is has settled in to to what. He should be in yeah. this league, uh, and not to say what what um, expectation we placed on him, but meaning like his style of play and how it meets success in the NFL. And and finally, you know, it doesn't look forced. It doesn't look over manufactured. It looks like he's responding to the play call and responding to the defense, and then playing with with confidence. So I will have to applaud that and give it up because I was I was putting him on the chopping block uh, pretty soon. Oh yeah, no, he, I don't remember which game it was early this season, but he, he ended the first quarter like 0 for 7 or something like that. And it was just, all right, well, that's it for Baker. And uh, then he went on to have one of the best three quarter performance of his life as, and seems to have figured things out. Now, uh, well, I think it was, the, was it the Packers game? Uh, because it was the Odell injured game, which brings me to the elephant in the room here. And I hate to harp on the narrative that, this offense is better without Odell Beckham Jr., but it sure seems like this offense is better without Odell Beckham Jr., and I don't know 
why that would be. I don't know if it's just uh, Baker goes through his progressions a little more cleanly and uh, a little more fairly when one isn't Odell every single time and two isn't Odell every single time. But they're going to have a real decision to make because, you know, he's got, I believe, three years and about $44 million left on his contract. They're going to start to be up against the cap. Baker is probably going to get an extension this offseason. Uh, they're going to have to give Wyatt Teller, who's been the best guard in football, an extension this offseason. So that money is going to go away in addition to having briefly made uh, Miles Garrett the highest paid defensive player in football. Do you think, do you give it another year? Do you uh, do you think, all right, well, let's try it one more time with Odell? Or is it just time to say, all right, let's see if we can get a second round pick for Odell? I think you 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 lean into thinking that it's time to just move on. Yeah. But what I would say is you don't want to no. let this success be the uh the victim of, of, of bad planning. I think that you can implement Odell into the system. I think he's he's been a part of an offense that doesn't necessarily overly feature him. Um, but but make sure but make sure that he gets his his touches or that his touches are impactful. The Giants had two really strong years where uh, the offense met what what um, what Odell was capable of doing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a Baker thing, um, and and maybe Baker has has seen his progression past that elephant. There's always an elephant in the room when you have a number one receiver. Yeah. That's never going to change. So. Why not go with with Odell before one more time before for uh, shipping him off? And the confusing part to me about all of this is you look at Stefanski bringing over that Minnesota offense, and you look at what their receivers produce in that offense. You know, previously uh, uh, Diggs and Thalian now now add in Jefferson, and you have two guys who are putting up huge catch numbers, and it seems like Odell. And Jarvis fit really, really well into that offense. But for whatever reason, it's just it's never come to fruition. And maybe it's a matter of they didn't have all of the offense installed. Maybe it's a matter of Baker just wasn't comfortable with you know what his eyes were telling him. And he he was more thinking than playing early on. And that and that's entirely possible because you know, let's let's not kid ourselves. Thinking is not a positive for Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield needs to be the id. He just needs to be going with whatever he's feeling. He needs to be playing excited. Uh, I, I don't know. It's it, it's confusing, and it's going to be really interesting to see what happens because I did notice that, uh, and I don't know that this is a change or anything like that. I'm just pointing out what I saw the other day. I went on Odell's Twitter to see if he had said anything about the game. Didn't say anything and doesn't address being a Brown. Whoa, wow, wow, wow. I, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to check in on that because I think that's important. Um I think you know, we don't wanna speculate too far, but no. we can't um we can't ignore it either. That's a big win. Oh, I mean that's a it, it, there's been some big wins organizationally, there's been some strides, there's been some moments where he could claim, you know, uh, allegiance, um, yeah. be excited with for the fan base and if, if that's uh, non existent that make me a little a little worrisome. Yeah, no, he's he he will address some Browns related things, but he doesn't identify himself as being a Brown in any way on at least his Twitter. Mm. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, another thing uh, that happened today, uh, it's interesting and potentially has pretty big ramifications for not only this week but the next couple is the Saints activated Drew Brees 
Um, his return to practice window, they've got 21 days to get him back on the field. It seems like it's, I would guess, unlikely he's going to play this week, more likely week 16. But uh, what do you think? How do you feel if you're the Saints right now? What have you seen from Taysom Hill? Do you feel confident that he could potentially be the successor, or are we looking elsewhere? Uh, it's is it unfair to say that there's still a middle ground that there to I be mean, had about four this, games? This so no, it's perfectly fair. Yeah, I think that you don't say we're looking elsewhere, but I don't think you 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 tattoo Hill's name. Mm. on your chest um before before signing that 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 letter of marriage so i don't i i personally haven't seen things one thing that's that's going around is that especially after this most recent unexpected loss is that there's been yeah for real you know <laughs> you know that they've been exposed you know that whole thing and my 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 idea is that what can drew do coming back from injury that would regroup this team mm-hmm. and maybe it's just a, a one of those things where uh, the pieces fit specific to Drew. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm in, in no way team Taysom, but hmm. um, the fair evaluation is, isn't is all the way that he can't do it. I mean, obviously we can see that he's won some games. The, his team has won games he started, I should say, and lost some that he started. But uh, it doesn't – what is a Taysom Hill-led team – offense look like i think that's worth exploring uh because you won't get that answer up until right. drew is really done yeah the uh the saints currently the second best odds to win the nfc on bavada at plus 250 behind only the packers at plus 235 i think you hit on a, a really interesting point too in that what does a Taysom hill offense look like because it's not this offense this is Taysom hill being shoehorned into a drew Brees offense when when the Saints do move on from Breeze, and if it is Hill that takes over, you know the the playbook is going to look very different. Uh, so I don't know that it's entirely fair to judge Hill based on what we've seen right now, though. If that's the case, I, that's a pretty glowing compliment because he's more than held his head above water. Now let's talk about this game last weekend. Why? Why do they do this to me? I am. <laughs> I know, I know. I say it sounds so petty to be upset about a loss or upset about a win, but I kind of am. Like I just, I don't. I'm happy that Jalen Hurts played well. I would have loved to have lo- uh, lost this game in a shootout, but it's it's clear that this team can't do anything in the playoffs. And if that's the case, I want to have the opportunity to add the highest end talent possible. The win took the Eagles from picking four to nine in the draft, and they've still got a couple of winnable games left on the schedule. It's just I don't want to screw around with like almost making the playoffs at five, ten, and one. That's not a positive season, and ended up pick picking like thirteen or something like that. Just come on, man. Just come on. No, they 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 could have took taken a page from my dear Lions and played a great game and lost. Mm-hmm. They could have very well done that. I think it's layered though, Chris. Like you said, you spoke to to Jalen Hurts and his. Uh, initial success and it's exciting but I still think as much as one would be excited excited about Jalen Hurts success is it actually continues to add that what is about to happen Mm -hmm. with this organization so that's kind of uncomfortable and then of course just we want the best draft pick we can get at this point why even bother that part's uncomfortable and then you know 
the 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 foreign feeling, the relatively new yet foreign feeling of winning a ball game mm-hmm. probably doesn't feel that great or is a weird feeling for Eagles fans now. So it's all that mixed together, um, and it's okay. Like <laughs> I think everything will, will will be what it needs to be. I'm just in a weird place with with the quarterback situation, mainly because okay, you make a decision. But then what? how are you going to make this decision work? Either yeah. decision. How are you going to make either decision work? And that is what I'm interested in seeing. Yeah, you can't. If, if it's going to be Hurst, you can't leave Wentz on this roster a second longer than he has to be. Uh, you know, the, the thought around the NFL seems to be that Wentz still has a decent amount of value because, you know, quite frankly, his contract is very good to the team he's traded to. He's going to be, assuming that they believe this is not a, a functionally broken player and just a guy who doesn't fit what the Eagles are doing for whatever reason and doesn't seem to mesh with Doug Peterson, you're talking about a guy who's going to be on basically a $25 million a year non-guaranteed contract. Like You can't do much better than that for a high-end starting quarterback. Now, it's going to stink for the Eagles because they'll take a historically large $33 million dead cap charge. <laughs> on uh, this 2021 cap, but you sort of have to, uh, if if that's the case, if, if you can get a, a, I don't know, a two and a, a, a conditional pick that can, you know, maybe call it a three that can be a one. If Carson Wentz is a top five MVP candidate right. or whatever um, for, for Frank Reich in that, in that Colts offense, which is where he should be. Um, yeah. I don't know. I take that. And it's just, it's time to turn the page. It sucks, but it is time to turn the page. With that said, the, uh, the NFL, not quite ready to turn the page on the 16 game season. Mario Hines, they got the, uh, the, the rights to move to a 25 game season in the, the new CBA earlier this year, but they decided to delay the vote on adding a 17th game, which would have potentially started in the 2021 season. Are you at all surprised by this? Because this just feels like, yeah, why are, why are we talking about a 17th game when we're not sure if we can play games next week? Exactly. I don't know how this is apropos to yeah. the environment that we are currently in. Uh, it's it's a weird it's a weird thing. Um, am I in favor of, of what's about to go down? What's clearly inevitably about to go down? I think we've we've hit on it a bit. Yeah. The change will matter over time as rosters change, as, as we see how the body is just reacting. It, it's it's tough for the player. If there's some type of uh, adjustment, you know, that'll come, you know, way after we see, not way, but it'll come after we see the effects of it. It's just, why talk about it now? Like right. you said, why even mention it now? It's not even appropriate. Yeah, and they did come out today that the 17th game uh, will be another um, interdivision game, interconference game, rather. So at least we know something. Uh, we <laughs> we know something. I don't even know if I'm I'm, I'm excited about that, but yeah, I just, I don't know. Seventeen games. It's it's weird because like you always want more games, right? But it just seems like right. it's probably not a good idea. Yeah. Uh, but as you said, a- an inevitability that will eventually come to play. Just probably for that 2022 season rather than uh, the 2021 season. Roger Goodell just. Just came out on ESPN that it said Roger Goodell in favor of the two-game preseason. Uh, but <laughs> a group including Robert Kraft and Jerry Jones is dead set against it and dismissed the idea. I'm interested in their angles about uh, money and dismissing it. Yeah. yeah, there's that's the angle. I guarantee <laughs> it's, it's the angle. 
speaking about money, the the NFL really hit on a, an absolute no brainer today. Came out that they want to give uh, Super Bowl tickets to vaccinated healthcare workers, and this is just talk about the the most obvious PR move of all time. The, not, and yep. not only like human being and PR move meeting in one. Like this is of course that's the perfect decision. You you want to have fans in the stadium because the last yep. thing you want is to play a Super Bowl in front of an empty stadium. You yep. want to reward these people who have put their lives on the line. Of course, why would we not fill the stadium with healthcare workers? Yeah, vaccinated healthcare workers, like everyone doing the good, the, the the best of society at the best, most powerful event of all. It's right. great. It's it's the marketing, the 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 topical. It's cool, and 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 you know, I'm not going to actually do the 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 digging and the cynical. It's cool, and thank you for mm-hmm. at least on the surface providing something that is the right thing, the right decision. Yeah, it's a PR move, but it, you know, there's also it's also a human move, and there's nothing wrong yeah. with those two things happening to line up. And great, uh, I hope that I, I hope the logistics of that work out because I'm just not sure about the everyone being able to travel. But you know, especially uh, the most important people, especially <laughs> the most important people. Yeah, this is this is when the the third wave comes. Is the NFL responsible <laughs> for the great third wave right. that kills us all because there's no one to treat us? Uh, <laughs> Cool. Well, I didn't think about that. Thanks, NFL. Thank you so much. <laughs> Great move. Yeah, you know, how dare you give them give them free tickets? Right back there. You sons the of you sons of bitches. You're not thinking about society as a whole. You leave them to do their work. Uh to, to do God's work. No, but uh, you know, I they deserve God knows they deserve that and so, 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 so much more. So I hope that works out. And I'm also glad to see I saw today. Has nothing to do with the NFL, but I saw today uh, California passed a bill forcing major major chain supermarkets to give all of their workers a four dollar an hour raise uh, oh, nice. as uh, sort of havoc pay. So I don't understand how people who work at grocery stores can afford to live in California as it is. So this should right. help a little bit more. Thank and God, you know, I am so thankful for everybody who is hung out and hung in with. Uh, their job so that we can live some semblance of normal life in the yep. most non-normal year that any of us have ever seen. Right. <laughs> well, Mario Hines, absolutely. Um, let's talk about week 15 in the National Football League. This is bananas. Week 15. When did we get here? Oh my gosh. It's like we fell asleep on the ride, apparently. Yeah. Because this, we're there already. Like the, the credits are the credits are about to roll. Come on, <laughs> this is this is I just I don't know when this happened. I'm so confused. But uh, let's talk about it uh, tomorrow night. The Los Angeles Chargers head to Las Vegas to take on the Las Vegas Raiders, and Bavada has the Raiders minus three. Yeah, toss up here. I mean, the Raiders have to get it together if if they plan on scaring anyone when it comes to playoff time. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Uh, they want to 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 get down to that level. I mean, but offensively, they're not doing themselves any favors, uh, and that has to change. I don't know if it will, um, but I think they'll have enough to beat the Chargers, who are probably looking ahead to to next year and what the team's gonna look like. So, give me the Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders are they the most confusing team of this season? 
I don't know what they want to do. Right. Even though they keep telling us that they want to be good. Yeah. Like verbally. There's the, in every interview, every post game, they talk like they walk the walk week in and week out. And it's just some days it's a, it's a big goose egg. Mm-hmm. The Buffalo Bills traveled to Denver to take on the Denver Broncos. Bavada has the Broncos plus six at home. Yeah, give it up for the Broncos for possibly hanging tight. The Bills, it's the it's again one of those teams where if we're looking at it, you know, take take the uniforms off, take the names off, mm. and we're just looking at quality of of team, quality of play, and consistency. The Bills have done that. Yep, uh, and and they have a guy that you can bet on to continue doing that. So uh, give me the bills here and what I think is the setup for a crazy run. And maybe <laughs> in this year of regular season, 2020 playoffs in 2021, but regular season, mm-hmm. we see the bills get their championship. Who knows? Yeah. This is really interesting too, for the Broncos fans. Cause you kind of have to look at Josh Allen and think, huh? True lock could probably be that if everything goes well, Mm-hmm. And it's just you don't like you get the flashes from Drew Locke more than more than so many other quarterbacks. He's either great or terrible. There's basically no in between. Yeah, I wonder what it is. I mean, you've got a guy, Jerry Judy, again, Mm -hmm. in any other situation, he's up there with the Jeffersons and stuff like that with with uh, top rookie of the year, wide receiver candidate. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's just things not not lining up uh, in Denver. I mean, the O-line is pretty terrible. So, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Although Garrett Bowles has been a revelation. I mean, talk about a guy who was a first round pick a while ago, basically thought to be a bust. And he is, uh, I, I, he has not given up a quarterback sack this year. I saw a huge number oh, wow. of uh, snaps without giving up a sack. He, he almost got cut. So, yeah, you know, hang Good in there him. with offensive linemen, I guess. I guess so. I should tell that to Drew Locke. <laughs> the uh, Carolina Panthers head to Green Bay to take on the NFC leading Green Bay Packers. Bavada has the Packers minus eight and a half at home. Yeah, the Packers aren't taking a step backwards anymore this year. And, and the Panthers are who they are now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not 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 a bad thing going on in Carolina. They just have to get some more ducks in a row. But give me Green Bay here. And what they're looking to do is, is solidify their NFC run. And I can definitely see them uh, making this run starting now. I, I say this every week, but it's a story every week. Why in the world are the Panthers even considering putting Christian McCaffrey back on the field this year? <laughs> it's so strange. I, 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 the only way I can understand it is is that you know Coach Rule is is doing what he does and, yeah. and he has his philosophy, and the philosophy is winning over obvious, yeah. <laughs> obvious. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm no, I'm no Matt Rule, and you're you're smarter than me in, in, in a bunch of different ways, but just seems obvious is all I'm saying. Uh, speaking of Matt Roll, uh, I just saw Temple got a uh, a transfer quarterback who uh, had previously signed with Georgia and Ohio State. So that's uh, that is quite a little coup for Temple. I I really thought that arrow was pointing down, 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 down over this year, but hey, <clears throat> good for them. Um, for sure. I guess arrows pointing up in uh, for both of these teams from where they were at the beginning of the year, at least. The Houston Texans traveled to Indianapolis to take on the Indianapolis Colts. Bavada has the Colts minus seven. Yeah, if I'm taking these two teams, I'm actually applauding where they've where they where they've gotten to from where they've been. But if we're talking about what's actually happening, um, the Colts are doing the thing, and that mm. is putting the pieces together. The thing that they thought Philip Rivers was gonna do, 
dare I say he actually did, which has kept the glue as these young guys started to learn, uh, got comfortable, um, and was able to make some plays. And I think there's some veteran wisdom that has finally sprinkled down. This this Colts team, especially defensively, is just so hard to beat uh, at times. So give me the Colts here as Deshaun Watson continues to to shine. I don't. I just don't think um, he can continue to overcome lack of weapons against a defense like the Colts. Give me the Colts. This one is fascinating. I guess like second half of the season comeback player of the year, Mitch Trubisky and the Chicago Bears travel to Minnesota to take on the Minnesota Vikings. And Bavada has the Vikings minus three at home. Yeah, I mean, Vikings, the squanderers of their own future, continue to do so. Uh, And I don't think that the Bears are going to to continue that misfortune for, for Minnesota as much as Mitch has leveled himself out is what it appears to be. Um, the Vikings just have what it, the weapons and what mm. it takes offensively and defensively to overcome the Bears, uh, as long as they can overcome themselves. And let's let's keep it candid, the the missed field goals and extra points is is are what did yeah. them in, and I can't see that happening twice, even if they miss a few. So uh, give me the Vikings here. Uh, also worth pointing out, I didn't mention this, but the Buffalo-Denver game and the Carolina-Green Bay game are our first Saturday games of the season. So we've got football Ooh. four days this week. Um, but back to the regular schedule, your Detroit Lions, who are being shown absolutely no love here, head to Tennessee to take on those Tennessee Titans. And Bavada has the Titans minus 10.5. Yeah, I can ride with Bavada here because... The one thing that Tennessee is about to do, the Lions can't tackle. Yeah. And they have a guy that's very hard to tackle, and he is not slowing down. Now, he might have some magic going on with Jacksonville, where he just elevates his game against one of the worst teams. <laughs> you know, <laughs> or they hate to see him. But, you know, they just the, the tackling problem hasn't gone anywhere in Detroit, even with this, this coaching switch. I think the flow and the rhythm in which they play, especially offensively, has changed in, in, in a great way. But... Uh, you know, it's gonna it, it may get out of hand uh, once they have to start tackling uh, Derrick Henry after a few drives where they don't score. So mm-hmm. give me the Tennessee here, and I think they are actually going to hit that line, unfortunately. Well, let's talk about those Jacksonville Jaguars who see the uh, the return of Minshew Mania. Minshew Mania V2.0 this weekend as they head to Baltimore to take on the Baltimore Ravens, who are on a short week. Bavada doesn't care. They have the Ravens minus 13 at home. Yeah, and I'm actually going to lean in on that short week um, specifically because there's nothing the Ravens did to win that Cleveland game that showed me that uh, in a short week that the Jaguars are no problem. I think what they do, any team being a professional team, is going is has the ability to give them fits. Mm-hmm. The Jaguars are that team that can can spot spot you some some confusion um, just with their athleticism, especially defensively. If Minshew can put some points on the board and, and make them nervous, I think the Ravens uh, are in for a battle. So give me the Ravens, but I don't think they hit that line. Man, this is a line that I did not see coming at the beginning of the year. The New England Patriots head to Miami to take on the Miami Dolphins, and Bavada has the Dolphins minus two at home. Whew. Man, what a year. What, what a, a year, year for New England. Uh, give me give me the Dolphins here. Give me the Dolphins in, in, a, in a very clear win. I don't think it's a blowout, but a very clear win where, I mean, they lost they lost their tight end, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I just think the <laughs> the momentum is completely uh, away from from New England, and all things that that can happen that are bad will happen. Uh, so give me Miami here, who continues to be stabilized by 
that Belichick tree, the I think it's the little shrub actually, <laughs> uh, that that is actually being the most um, uh, alluring to look at from all the the folks that came out of, out of uh, that coaching staff. It's the coaches that weren't so rah rah uh, and didn't have the fanfare that are actually uh, doing the job. Yeah, I mean Joe Judge has actually been okay in New York, so it's uh, we shall see how that eventually shakes out. But Brian Flores sure looks like the prize right now from the Belichick mm-hmm. tree. Well, two teams that just would prefer the season was over already face off here. The San Francisco 49ers travel to Dallas to take on the Dallas Cowboys. Bavada has the Cowboys plus three at home. Ooh, yeah, I was actually leaning towards the Cowboys and Will just because the Niners, they feel more like they actually want it to be done where the Cowboys can continue to do this thing where they think this week's the week. Mm-hmm. And if you catch a team like the Niners who who understand like that this is – uh, this year has been a wash. Uh, you can catch that team slipping and, and give them a knockout punch, even if uh, you didn't in, did it unintentionally by the the thrower who are the Cowboys. So give me the Cowboys here um, to to win by at least a touchdown. Yeah, and speaking of, we talked about this Panthers thing with McCaffrey earlier. The 49ers designated George Kittle to return from the IR earlier today, and that opens up his 21 day window. Probably doesn't play this weekend, but. He's just another one where there is there is zero chance I would put him back on the field if it were up to me. But it is not Kyle Shanahan will do what Kyle Shanahan do. Um, we shall yeah. see. The Seattle Seahawks travel to Washington to take on the Washington football team. Now trendsetters, by the way, as the Cleveland Baseball Club is following suit with not having a name uh, instead of a racist one. And Bavada <laughs> has the football team plus six at home. I, I just want to mention, I thought the Washington might say this makes us trendy and cool right. by not having a team. But I, I, I do have to say every time I'm on Twitter or something and it says WFT, I just think <laughs> of something, the other acronym. Mm-hmm. And then when it's attached to this team winning, it's apropos. It's like, yeah, what? The, <laughs> what? Washington's winning? Yeah. Uh, but I mean, Seattle and, and I can't guess this team anymore. No, it's 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 one of those things uh, that it reminds me of the Bills. It's the reverse effect, though. You want Seattle. You're used to Seattle to being so good or playing at this certain standard, and they're not. So if you strip them of that, what you're looking at are two pretty even teams with just the potential for Seattle to play well. Now, if they let if if they let the defensive line in Washington loose, it might be a long day. Um, but I think this is what the reason why you have to believe in, in in Seattle. So maybe I'm falling victim again here. But give me give me the Seahawks. Yeah. Also, Jamal Adams just seems like he's a linebacker now. They they play him in the yeah. box constantly. He's got eight and a half sacks this season, a record for a defensive back. Crazy. Also crazy. Came out three minutes ago. Uh, the NCAA is announcing a blanket waiver for all Division One transfers in every sport will be eligible to play immediately after transferring. No sitting out a year. So this is uh, interesting that. ramifications to that. Yeah, we'll see how that goes because... Free agency is here. What the parameters are, but okay. Yeah, no, uh, free agency is here for sure. I guess, I don't, I mean, I wonder if that, that's going to apply because basketball, football are the two you really think of. Yeah. So I wonder if that applies, if that's next year because their seasons are already in play. So right. if that's the case... This is a really interesting opportunity for uh, for the the lower level guys who think they're maybe outplaying their current teams to get the opportunity to move up the Trey Lances of the world, but yep. uh, yeah, we shall see. 
that's a big ruling. And honestly, I think there's a chance that it may never go back to the way it was. Like Likely. Very yeah. likely. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers head to Atlanta to take on the Atlanta Falcons. Bavada has the Falcons plus six at home. Yeah. The Buccaneers are finally winning um, the games that they're supposed to win. Call it what you want with the Minnesota game and how many gimmies they got with the field goals. I mean, they put their, themselves in position uh, to to stay ahead, keep the lead, and make Minnesota have to make those kicks. Uh, much, much easier task this week. So give me, give me the Buccaneers here. The New York football Jets head to Los Angeles to take on the Los Angeles Rams. Bavada has the Rams minus 17 at home. Woo! Yeah, just give me the Rams. Boy. <laughs> There's not much to it. Just give me the Rams. Uh, you, by the way, the uh, the money line for the Jets is a plus 950. If anybody out there thinks that the Jets could take this one uh, straight, that's a nice opportunity to put a little uh, little little change in your pocket before the holidays. <laughs> uh, apologies to our our, uh, our Jewish listeners who are already celebrating their holidays, yes. uh, but before uh, before Christmas, before Kwanzaa, I'm not sure. Quite frankly, um, I think I think Kwanzaa is right around Christmas, right? Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, it extends past. I think that's the thing. And I apologize too for looking to you as if you are some sort of Kwanzaa <laughs> aficionado. Kwanzaa is Saturday, December twenty sixth to a Friday, January first. The uh, oh god, Philadelphia Eagles travel to Arizona. Sorry. To take on the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> Bavada has the Cardinals minus six at home. Yeah, the Cardinals aren't anyone's prize at this point, but. The Eagles level out. They come back to earth. Jalen Hurts has enough film to where this is not going to go that well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey, even in his touchdown <sighs> catch, I have to highlight this, looked so slow. Yeah, it's crazy. I just think it's over. So I hope he actually remains healthy. And I say that with all seriousness because that's usually how guys get caught up. But uh, give me Arizona here as this is might be one of their uh, games that recalibrates what they're capable of doing uh, between the ears. So give me, give me uh, Arizona. This one's interesting. I'm honestly a little surprised there's a line given the uncertainty about, I mean, Drew Brees probably doesn't play, but he could. The Kansas City Chiefs head to New Orleans to take on the New Orleans Saints, and Bavada has the Saints plus three. Yeah, I, I think the, the, the Chiefs handle business. I think they're on their way to slowing down um, and getting everybody healthy before the playoff run as the favorites. Uh, and you may see some of that in this game, in, in, favorite uh, in the Saints direction, but... The Saints aren't ready to beat this team without Drew Brees, and it's just not going to happen. Give me the Chiefs. Game of the week here, Mario Hines. Monday Night Football, exactly the one where we've been all waiting to see the Pittsburgh Steelers head to Cincinnati to take on the Cincinnati Bengals. Bavada has the Bengals plus 13 at home. I mean, if The Steelers should think they're lucky stars, the luckiest of stars that – the, they're playing the Bengals this week because the run they were about to have, if yeah. they saw some formidable opponents, was going to be frustrating. And that Joe Burrow's out because, honestly, if Burrow was still playing, this, this game's interesting. True. So, give me the Steelers here. Lucky for you guys. Whatever. Still, give me the Steelers. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. You're probably going to win the AFC. Nobody cares. Nobody believes that you're that good. Yeah, um, there it is. <laughs> is what it is. All right. Well, that has been this week's episode of the Underdog NFL Show for Mario Hines. I'm Chris Horwadell. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.